You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio talk show. We are really glad that you've chosen to share some of your busy Saturday with us. We are here every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Proud to be a part of the Premier Radio family. XM 168 is where we're heard as well as TalkDavid.com, where people from around the world can listen to the stream there. Broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. It's all about positive talk, baby. Coming up in just a couple minutes, Brenda Venus. Her new movie, Love and Sex in L.A. We're going to be talking about how this movie came apart, about and uh, who she interviewed. Actually, she interviewed some of the Playboy Playmates and some of these guys in Los Angeles. And we'll find out more about who she interviewed, what they had to say about love and sex. And this is going to be part one, by the way, because there's so many questions that I have about this movie that I know we're not going to be able to get it all in one interview. So we're looking forward to Brenda Venus. She'll be with us in just a couple minutes. And you know this show is all about positive talk. It's all about bringing you to the next level. And I want to take a moment to honor someone who is in my life for such a long period of time. A very good friend of mine passed today. Uh, Bill Mott was my accountant from 1988 until yesterday. One of the most amazing men that I have ever met. Just an, a, a gorgeous heart. A go- I, I remember, and I want you to think back right now. I want you to think of someone that has passed. They're on the next level who you might be missing right now. This is absolutely so fresh in my mind, but this isn't just about me. I want you to think about, because you know, I have a smile on my face right now as I think of Bill. His, his wonderful wife, Penny, uh, emailed me today and let me know he was just taken into hospice yesterday and went so, so quickly. But I met, and, and of course I met Bill, I'd like to say this by accident, I went into work with this other accountant and he ended up getting swamped and he said, you know, I'm not going to be, I thought I could take you, I can't take you, but there's this new guy I just brought in who's been doing this for years and years and years and Bill and I just absolutely hit it off. And do you know, I mean, some of the coolest things about Bill, and he was such a human being, that there were periods of my career when I hit these great walls of struggle. And he would say to me, don't even bother paying me for doing your taxes this year. Or don't bother paying me for this quarterly report. Or don't bother paying me. I mean, he would say that. And there were there were several years in a row that I was going, what the heck is that? What's worth my karma? What, what did I do in a past life to, to bring up this craziness? And he was always right in my corner. And he was the type of guy that would say, hey, listen, next year, you're going to knock it out. Don't you worry about a thing this year. That's what Bill Mott was like. That's what that guy was like, you know, avid tennis player. He was just so he always had a great attitude. He was always so helpful. And I am missing him desperately right now already. I can you know, when you have people like that in your life and I want you to think about maybe someone that you feel the same way about and just bring their their memory back. And maybe they've been gone 25 years. It doesn't matter. I think it's important that we slow down. It's important that we get in the moment and reflect back. And in my belief system is that when we have that smile, when we have that positive thought of someone who is gone, they're right with us. You know, so uh, my love is going out to Penny right now and her family and Bill's family, who's still with us here. Um, blessings to each of you. One eight hundred. 548-TALK, 
888-528-2557. My guest right now is back. Brenda Venus is back with us. We haven't had her on in a little bit. She's the author of four books, I think it is, and a brand new movie. The director and the producer of the movie, Love and Sex in L.A. For more information on Brenda Venus, go to her website, brendavenus.com. But check her out right now. Brenda, welcome back, honey. Oh, hi, David. I've missed you. It's been at least a month, right? <laughs> I think so, you know. Absence makes but, the heart grow fonder. <laughs> absolutely, babe. But doesn't it feel like a lot longer? Yeah, it always does when you like somebody. Yes. Did you you know Uh, that? And I'm really, let's take a minute, because I'm really sorry about Bill, but it's also a good thing if they pass really quickly. I think that in itself is a blessing. Oh, my Lord, yes. And do you know on Facebook I posted something yesterday about the situation he was in, and then I reposted today about what happened. And, and Brenda, you're right on. Several people responded, you know, to be gone that quickly. And and Penny in her email um, said, you know, that, that he went so fast that there was minimal pain. Yeah, no. see, and that's what we, I mean, I hope to God that that's what's happened, you know, what will happen to me, because yes. Lord knows, I mean, to stick around and suffer, that's horrible. Right, right, so, right, right. So, so I'm he, glad you brought that. I'm yeah, glad, I'm glad you said Dave, that. I'm, David, I wanted to tell you that what you just said about him and how great he was to you and how he said to you, you know, it's not important when you get it, you know, give it to me. Great human beings like that are so hard to find. And then you said it's important to slow down. And that's what brings me to, I had uh, dinner a, a few days ago with my friends in Montecito, and their young son, he's 26, he was sitting next to me for our sit-down dinner, and there were a lot of celebrities. And it was amazing how he wasn't impressed at all by the celebrities. The only thing he wanted to know the whole dinner was, Brenda, can you show me how to pull a chair out for a date? Oh, no kidding! I thought that was so cute. I said, Daniel, really? (laughs) I thought it was precious. And so when we got through with dinner, we got through our dessert, I said, Daniel, come here, let me. And I said, okay, I'm going to get in, and then you slide the chair and be very conscious that you don't, like, push it into my legs. And then I said, and be very conscious that it's not out too much or I'm going to fall down on the floor. <laughs> and he was God, so I, you know, and we practiced and practiced, and I said, now tell me, why do you need to learn this? He said, yeah. because I met a girl, and I really want to impress her. I'm so tired of having all these girls I meet on, you know, Facebook and, and you know, social networking, and then I get to see them and I meet them, and they're not what I want. They're not who oh. I thought they were. Mm. So, And that's a trick. That's that's a trick with online dating, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Is that in my movie Love and Sex in L.A. we we touched on this subject because there's nothing more beautiful than when you meet somebody in person, whether it's at the grocery store or whether it's at Walmart or it's walking down the street somewhere. You're going to where you're you know trying to get to someplace or in a class you've just taken. Or gosh, I mean, there was a guy on the roof that was so nice and sweet to me that did my roof like a month ago. Where you just meet these people. People and there's nothing. Nothing can take the place of that initial first contact. Mm, mm. You know, with a human being, because you get to watch the way they walk, you get to watch or hear the way they talk, their their facial expressions. Uh, you know, their smell, uh, the eye contact, and what they're thinking when they're talking to you. Whereas on social networks, this guy uh, wrote me and said, Brenda, I like your pictures, but uh, you know, how about you? I I don't want your pictures. I want you. <laughs> Mm, very nice. Yeah, and I thought that was sweet. You know that was That like, is. Mhm. So, hey, yeah, where where, where did this for a second? What'd you say? Uh please talk about that with me for a second. 
Oh, about getting to know someone? Yes, like it's so much better and nicer if you can actually have contact, uh, initial contact with them, you know, and it's the real person. It's not some yeah. avatar or some, you know, uh, <laughs> fantasy that's feeding your fantasy. You know, that, that's right. not real. Right. But, you know, I love what he said. I, I, I said, you know, I love what he said. It's not the pictures. I want to get to know you. That, that's a, a, a very beautiful opening statement, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. It floored yeah. me for a moment. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey, where did this movie come from? Love and Sex in L.A.? How did this come to being? Did, I, did someone say, hey, Brenda, you should do this? Or did you have this just no, this thought no, no, out? No, one of the girls did. Um, I was uh, writing for Playboy magazine. I was writing a column called Centerfolds on Sex for six years. And I interviewed her like a playmate a week would come up to my penthouse. And uh, one of the girls, uh, Barbara Moore, K- Katie Lohman, Christina Santiago, they kind of K- Kathy St. George, they got together and they said, you know, we're telling you all this stuff why don't we do it in a movie mm. and i went you know that's not a bad idea except that i've never shot a movie and i've really <laughs> never written a movie so right. i started calling and asking all my writer friends and i put a little script together i bought a camera and i put it on my shoulder and i had the girls come over i did their makeup their hair and i put my lingerie on them so uh everything that you see in my movie is uh, mostly mine wow and how long did it take you to shoot all this before you went into edit and production? Oh, gosh, it took about uh, a month to shoot uh, because you have to catch people when you can because it was a documentary. Uh, right. And then you have to find people, say you're interviewing. And I, I have like 100 hours of footage, and it's uh, boiled down to about oh, uh, 48 minutes. Wow. You see, so and, and- it's a lot of editing. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, when, when, then you have to teach yourself to edit because you're talking about tools, right? So you, right. Need, you need to show people those tools. And these girls were so amazing, magnificent in their explanations of what they need, they want, what pleases them, and exactly how to please them. And mm. go, going back to what you said, slow down. <laughs> is that is that the message for men across America, Brenda? Is that the message that you're taking out of this movie, is that men specifically need to slow down? Well, I think we all do. Um, I interviewed only last week these three girls that were in their 20s, and then I went and met, met about three boys when I was getting my car washed. And I just walked up to them, and I said, I'm writing this little article, and I need to know, how do you communicate with uh, boys? And the girls would say, oh, we text. And if we really like them, we talk on the phone. So we only talk on the phone when we have a boyfriend. And I thought, my Lord. And then she said, and we always have on our, you know, we're listening to our, our, our um, we're, we're in, uh, what do you call it, the iPods? iPods, So they yeah. have the things in their ears. And she said, <laughs> we don't really, uh, you know, we're not really conversing in the real world on a daily basis. That's she, not good. Yeah, she said, we actually, we live in sound bites. So we live in a world of sound bites and technology. Mm. So then I asked mm. the boys, who I didn't even know, I just randomly walked up to them, and they had to, you know, take one out of their ears and go, what, what? And I said, right. how do you communicate with girls? And he went, oh, we text. And I said, yeah, but you can only say three or four words in a text. That's a sound bite. How do you actually talk to them? And then they said, well, if we actually hook up, you know, then we talk on the phone. And I went, right. oh, okay, and that's it? I mean, that, and they said, yeah. So the problem is, is that when they actually get to meet and date the girl, they don't know what to say and they don't know what to do. Yeah. 
Well, and obviously they really don't know who it is that they're coming to meet. There has been no real communication ahead of time. There's been no dialogue, no conversation to even know other than what they look like if there's any connection, right? Yeah, and most of the time they meet them on Facebook or Twitter or someplace, you know. Yeah. They, don't, they don't even know what they're going to meet. You know, so that, that's kind of shocking to me, you know, yeah. to spend your life. And then, but the, the bottom line is that they said, I said, why do you just, why do you do that? Why don't you just communicate with the, the person, you know, if you really mm. like the person? And they said, because it takes too much time. Oh, gosh. And I Slow was, down. I was stunned. And, and I said, well, tell me something. Where do you have to go that's so important? Right. They had no right. answer. And, and, and you know what it seems like to me, Brenda, is that, you know, in that genre, in that age group, uh, and it could even be in different age groups as well, to me that says that the relationship isn't really the priority, is it? No, because it's, they're, they're technological babies, and that's the whole point. Whereas I hope you can help these people, David, with your, 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 your monologues, you know, which you do do because you, you look in front of the camera and you talk about the things that we all need and the things that we all want, and you give us the tools. You do a lot of what I do, but you take it many steps farther, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love your dissertations on a lot of the subjects. And so I think that, too, that, that can be a very important um, mm-hmm. uh, solution, uh, you know, answer question, answer solution to these kids because they really have no idea. I mean, when Daniel asked me how to pull a chair out, I thought, wow, we're getting very minimal here, you know. Right, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, because it's, 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 we have to start all over again in learning how to talk to the opposite sex. Right on. Brenda, I'm going to ask you to hang in there. We've got to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're talking with Brenda Venus. Brand new movie, Love and Sex in L.A. Find out more about Brenda at BrendaVenus.com. When she comes back, we're going to find out. Stuff like this. Are the playmates, are their needs, their desires in regards to love and sex, are they different than other women? Are they average? Are they the same? What about the guys in the movie? Were they different? What was the bottom line with all the people that she's interviewed with these guys and gals in L.A. in regards to sex and love for the rest of us? 1-800-548-TALK. 1-800-548-TALK. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. It's all positive talk. The purpose of this show is to help you make better decisions in love, relationships, and more every Saturday. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific on XM Satellite Radio Channel 168, streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. Proud to be a part of the premier radio network gang. 
bringing you ideas and thoughts and guests like our guest right now, Brenda Venus, on how to help you to move ahead in life. 1-800-548-TALK. If you want to email us during the show, please visit talkdavid.com. Just hit the Contact Us button. We'll get your email. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, David Essel Alive on Facebook. Our David Essel page is, is totally filled out. We can't accept anyone else there. But we did just open up our David Essel Alive page, so you can like us on Facebook. David Essel Alive, we put up tidbits of information. Brenda was mentioning our mon- my video monologues on thousands of different topics up there. Check all that out. Brenda's new movie, Love and Sex in L.A., her website, brendavenus.com. Brenda, let me ask you, you interviewed multiple playmates. Are, are there desires in regards to, let's just, we'll pick one area. We'll, let's say the world of dating. Are the playmates, are there, is their desires in the world of dating different than all the other women in the United States of America? Are they the same? Tell us about them. I think it might be more difficult for them, not because they're really pretty ladies, but because uh, when men meet them, they have really high expectations of the girl. And so it's difficult for the girl just to be herself. And that's when you, and only when you can be yourself, is when you can truly fall in love and then you know have a relationship. You can't really have a relationship when you're, you know, think you're dating a fantasy. Right, 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 right. And how do they how do they get along? That I mean, do they come to someone like you to try to figure out how do I drop all of this stuff that's associated with being in the pages of Playboy magazine and just be me? How do they learn that? Yeah, they do. They ask that question quite a lot, actually. And I said, well, first of all, you know, you really can't mention that you were in Playboy because if you do, the guy's eyes light up and they start twinkling, and they don't really see you anymore for who you are. They see you naked, your beautiful body naked, mm-hmm. and then they start to fantasize all. Oh, all the various wonderful things, delicious things they can do with you. So they don't really, they don't really get to know your favorite food, or you know what what's your favorite book or movie, or you know what you like, uh, what music you like, or where you like to go to spend your you know downtime. So it's all these little things of, of becoming a friend kind of go out the window. And so when I asked the last question in my film, I asked Christine Christina Santiago, she was Playmate of the Year. And I said, Christina, what do you really want? And she got, she sort of got teary-eyed, and she said, love. She said, I just want to be loved. She said, I've got so much love to give to the right person. I have so much love. Hmm. And I think that that's, uh, and when you see it, you'll, you'll get, like, I got teary-eyed when I heard her, you know, but you're yeah. a guy, but you'll feel something. You, you know. <laughs> now, wait a minute, honest. Brenda. Wait a minute, Brenda. Now, I might get emotional if I see Christina like that. Yeah, you would. I think you would, David, because mm. when you were talking about your friend, I could mm-hmm. hear it in your throat, you know. So you mm-hmm. definitely are very sensitive, and I think that you would understand where she's coming from, you know. Yes. You, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean by slowing down to take a moment to really listen to what somebody is telling you. That, that I think, is so key, don't you? We've talked about that so many times. But yes. I think if you can just hear what people are saying. Sometimes that word, the right word, doesn't come out because their brain is so fast and they can't get the word quite, you know, to match what their brain is thinking. But if you mm-hmm. really look at them and you feel them or you hear them even on the phone, uh, yes, I think you can, you can understand who they are and where they're coming from. Absolutely. Brenda, you know what? We've got to run again, but we're going to ask you to hang in there. After this break, we're coming back more with Brenda Venus. Visit her at brendavenus.com. brendavenus.com. The new movie, Love and Sex in L.A. She's the author of uh, four other books as well. Check it all out there. 
Positive Talk Radio. That's all we're about every Saturday. You're tuned into David Essel Alive. I am David Essel. Stay right there. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, welcome aboard. David Essel in the box with you, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, XM Satellite Radio, Channel 168. Also streaming live via the Internet across the world at TalkDavid.com, celebrating 21 years in talk radio, 1-800-548-TALK, one 800 Five for a talk. We're speaking right now with Brenda Venus, author of multiple books on love and seduction, brand new movie. She was the director, the producer, the editor, and more. Love and Sex in L.A. Brenda, did when you were interviewing the playmates, do they have a different take on sex? Do they have different expectations? Do they have? Is there anything different about what the Playboy playmates talked about to you during this documentary about sex than? Yeah, Any they, other woman in, they, they in were the world? Saying, you know, to, uh, if they had something to tell the God, they'd say, ask me. I will tell you what you need to know about me. Ask me, because I may not like you to touch me there, but I may like you to touch me down here. Or I may, you know, there, there are things that turn me on, so find out. Ask me, you know, what I like, or watch me, or listen to the things that I tell you when we're out to dinner, or, you know, like that. And then you can find out how to touch her, how to kiss her, what she likes and doesn't like. Does she like her hair touched? Some girls do not. Some girls love it. I love it. Do they like their hair pulled a little bit? Some girls like it, some don't. So, you know, all of those types of things that are just individual to each girl. To, you know, don't be mm. afraid to ask. Yeah. What, what, what were some of the things that you took away from interviewing these playmates? Was there anything that surprised you? Was there something that came up that was like little themes that ran through the interviews that go that at the end of all these interviews, you said, oh, my Lord, I didn't think that these women would think like X or talk about Y. Yeah, a lot of men hurt them, which I mm. found quite fascinating, you know. Uh, yeah. they were, they were going with a lot of high profile people, first of all, and high profile men have so many women, you know, lined up around the block anyway. But the fact that, you know, because of what their position, their money, their power, power is very sexy to women. Uh, right. you know, it, 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 it's, it, that's just a fact, you know, it, power is mm-hmm. sexy. Um, so yeah, they, they were kind of, uh, a lot of them were crying and just broke up with boyfriends and and I found that to be kind of amazing because here are people that you think have it all together because they work hard on their bodies and they know the right people and they you know they they they're focused you know on their their career sure learn to be act or a model and and yet they time after time they could not find the right guy but I think it's because they're looking in the wrong place looking in the wrong right. places Right, 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 right. Well, you know, one of the things I wrote down um, here underneath the whole concept of, of Playmate is is by being that public of a figure and getting that kind of adoration, are there expectations about life and love and success? Are they skewed because of all the adoration that they get regularly? I think that they get kind of put into a bubble. And mm-hmm. like putting it, like, you know, you put somebody in a cage, um, and it's very, and then it's difficult for them to trust, 
it becomes harder and harder sure. to trust. And that's why when they do meet somebody, it's usually very casual. It's out, you know, when they're motorcycle riding with their, a friend or something, or they meet somebody on a hike. Or, you know, it's all, it seems to be they meet people athletically when they're doing something athletic that they, mm. they tend to like a lot. Or a childhood sweetheart. You know, school childhood right. sweetheart. People right. that already knew them before they, you know, were quote unquote mm. a playmate. So that's what I, it, it, I think it is like a movie star, like a Megan Fox or Angelina Jolie or any of those, you know, pretty ladies. I think it becomes very, very difficult once they get put in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able How? to express themselves and be who they really are because people won't let them be who they are. Yeah. And the, the guys in the movie, the, the movie we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is Love and Sex in L.A. The guys that you interviewed for the movie, what was their take in the world of dating versus what we just shared about the playmates? What did the guys have to say about this whole world of dating? They were just saying that women don't give them a chance. You know, like if they don't do something right on the first date, they, they often don't get another chance. And mm. so they're having to, like, really get their game on, you know, and, and, and know what they're supposed to do and not do or what's expected of them or not expected on a first date. Because it is true. You know, you, it's, I think first dates are more of an interview. You're, you right know, on. What do you do? What do you like? You know, uh, where are you from? Who are your parents? How many languages do you know? What school did you go to? <laughs> you, you know, right, like, right. I feel like I'm at an interview, you know, when... when <laughs> Well, here's my, you know, my sheet. Uh, here are my answers. Right. Yeah, just passing on a sheet of paper. So, yeah, I think guys just want to be also, you know, for women to realize that they're human beings and that they have needs, too, and that they're very sensitive human beings also, you know. Mm. Uh, and for, you know, women just to kind of uh, pay a little bit more attention to them and, and some of their needs. I think, well, what am I saying? Both uh, uh, men and women really want the same things, don't they? Yes, they do. And when you're saying that, that's what's running through my head. I mean, you know, to be respected, to be heard, to be appreciated, all of those things are so running right directly across the genders. It's not even funny. Like the guy saying, I don't want to go to your parents uh, again for dinner. I mean, oh, I've been, mm. I've been, you know, I'm doing this for you. Please consider my feelings also. Why don't we go do something fun that I like to do, you know? Mm, mm. So that that's part of what it is. You get in a rut with someone you're dating. We're taking it past the first date. But you, you get into a rut. And the, the greatest thing is not to get into a rut. I was reading a thing about Marilyn Monroe and why she is eternally the sex goddess of the universe, even more than anybody that we have out there right now. She's emulated. And the reason mm. is the guy said there's never be another one like her because she worked hard when she got through a 16-hour day. She got in front of that mirror and was still posing, you know, trying to get mm. the, the right pose for her audience or the right look. And then she uh, took risk. She moved from L.A. to New York to go into uh, Lee Strasberg's acting class. And everybody thought, are you out of your mind? You're going to lose your fans and your money. And what happened is she just became a better actor. So yeah. you've you got to take the risk. You, you have to do the work and you have to focus. Mm. Final question on this interview for you, Brenda. At the end of wrapping this whole movie, these playmates, these guys in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. what did you learn new about love and sex? 
Oh, everybody is a human being, and everybody's got the same needs and wants and desires. And, you know, it's just um, a matter of uh, try new things and, and play around and experiment. And don't be afraid to ask, and don't be afraid to try new things. And, mm. you know, that it's basically kind of all comes down to yeah. lo- love me, accept me, don't judge me. Right. You know, ladies and gentlemen, as you're listening to Brenda right now, if whether you're in a relationship or you're single, one of the things that she has said multiple times now from many, many different angles is that we need to risk being honest. We need to risk asking people to listen, doing different things, trying new things. We have to risk rejection in love in order to potentially maybe with the person you're with, maybe with the next person, get what it is you desire. Without that risking, without that asking, it ain't happening. BrendaVenus.com is the website. BrendaVenus.com, the author of multiple books on love and seduction. Her new movie, Love and Sex in L.A. Brenda, it's always such a great, great, great interview with you. I so appreciate your time and being with us, honey. And thank you. you. You really are beautiful because when your friend died, I mean, it's so hard to go on and talk about other things. And you just make that change very gracefully and smoothly, and you really are a professional. Oh, thank you, Brenda. Okay, bye-bye, David. Okay, bye-bye, honey. 1-800-548-TALK, brendavenus.com, for more information on all that she does. 1-800-548-TALK. If you have a thought, you have a comment, you want to share something, if you're in a situation in life you don't know how to get from where you are to where you want to be, are you in the on the fence? Is there a relationship you're on the fence with? Is there a career? Are you struggling with an addiction? Is there something going on with your family, your children, your partner, and you're not sure what to do? Call us. Right now would be perfect. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. We are here for you. 800-548-TALK. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Helping you to accomplish the most important goals to you in your life. That's what we're doing here every Saturday. David Essel alive. Broadcasting out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. And speaking of our Studio E, I want to thank everyone who works so hard. It definitely takes a village to raise this kid, David Essel. We've got a great gang with us that's working so hard every week pulling this show together. Uh, brand new, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, Nathan Staten, our, uh, our brand new engineer, welcoming him, Will Wilkerson, segment producer, April O'Leary, guest producer, Deborah Grobman, brand manager, Nancy Hill, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter posting. She does great during the show. And uh, David Essel Live, of course, can be heard around the world online. Our online streaming is powered by Error FM Live at errorfm.com. Thank you all so much for the great work that you do. Um, I wanted to get a couple emails that we're going to be doing into in more detail on another time, but I want to get to a couple people quickly that have sent multiple emails. We, as a matter of fact, um, uh, we received an email from the show listener in England, 
uh, obviously listening online to the show, talking about emotional affairs. And I wanted to go over that for a moment. You know, emotional affairs are just as damaging as a physical affair. Emotional affairs and relationships. So what's an emotional affair? It's, it's, it's point blank. It's this. When we are in relationship and we're sharing the struggles, the intimate struggles, the, the relationship struggles, the financial struggles that we're having with our partner, when we're sharing that with someone of the opposite sex, specifically someone of the opposite sex, that, my dear, is an emotional affair. When we are willing to tell people, well, you know what, I wish my wife or my husband or my boyfriend would, would do this to me in bed. When we're doing that, especially with someone of the opposite sex, that's an emotional affair. When we, in other words, how do you know? And the answer we say in this, and we've been working with people, helping them to break out of emotional affairs one-on-one through our life coach counseling work for over 22 years. And we say, would your partner, would your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, would they be okay that you're sharing this intimate information with the woman at work? with a guy at work, would they be okay with that? Would they be saying, oh, that's fine, Jim. You go ahead and tell Mary Beth, the young secretary who works for your boss, about the fact that um, I don't like to have sex that much. That's just fine, Jim. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The answer is no. So if we're stretching that, then that means we're breaking trust. We're breaking, breaking the boundary of trust. That's an example of an emotional affair. And, um, and the woman that, uh, that contacted me, you know, she, her and her husband have struggled with this for a very, very, very long time, the woman from England. And I'm looking forward to working with them because there has to be a shift. Now, what are the shifts? What, if, if you're in a relationship and an emotional affair is happening, what are the options? Well, number one is that you get to the core of why this is occurring, what needs aren't being met, why aren't we speaking honestly at home, why do we feel the need to get attention, affection emotionally from someone in the outside world? Because basically when we're saying, you know, my husband doesn't make enough money and you're saying this to a guy at work or a guy at the club, I wish my husband made more money because we're not able to do X, Y, and Z, what you're doing is you're trying to get some type of feedback from the outside world, from this guy. And that has to end. If you want to have a healthy relationship, that kind of stuff has to end. So we want to find out why is that so important to get that attention, affection from other people of the opposite sex that you're maybe you're not getting it from your partner. Well, we have to sit and talk about that. But that breaching of trust is destroying your current relationship. And then the other question, if it's gone on for 10, 15, 20 years and you have talked to your partner about it. Then we have to look at codependency. Why are you staying? If you've gone and done work, if you've told your partner this is really detrimental to the relationship and they go, well, this is just who I am, why are you staying? Why are you staying in the relationship? These are some of the things that I want our listeners to be aware of. If you're on the giving end of it, in other words, if you're out there talking to people of the opposite sex about stuff within your your marriage or relationship, and you knew, and you do know, that if your partner found out, they would be really upset with you, there is an example of breaking trust. Why are you doing that? We want to get to the core, the bottom line of it, and make the shift. And then decide as a couple, are we going to change this together or is it time to end the relationship? Crucially important. Um, another another topic that came up, we got an email from Mary Kate, uh, someone who divorced her husband 10 years ago because of affairs, who still, in front of her children, speaks poorly about her former husband. 
um, who doesn't believe that she should ever have to forgive him. We'll go into more detail on this on, on, on another show, but I, I just want to share this in general about resentments, ladies and gentlemen. You've probably heard this before, but if you think about resentments that you have against a former lover, a former friend, uh, it could be a parent or a child or a brother or a sister, whatever we're holding on to, we're bringing forward is destroying us first. When you wake up and you think, yeah, you know, I'm going to talk poorly about my former partner because they deserve to get scalded in public by me. They deserve to have people know what a real jerk they were. And you carry that on for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. You are the one getting damaged by carrying that weight. You know, Buddha had this great, great statement about resentments. He said, holding on to a resentment is like grabbing a hot coal to throw at the person you have the resentment with. You're always burned first. Now take that analogy a step further and say whenever you have resentments against others, you're holding on to that coal all the time. Whether you're consciously thinking of the resentment, when that person's name comes up and you scowl or you make a negative comment, there's that coal. It's burning in your heart and soul. It's destroying your attitude, your productivity. Uh, Mary Kate, the woman that wrote in about having that resentment for 10 years and talking poorly to her kids about their dad. She also said that she struggles with sleep. She struggles with a poor negative attitude. And we can link that directly to resentments. Isn't that amazing? I mean, incredible. And then we go into an email we received from James talking about um, his unemployment. For, for 12 months, James has been unemployed. And he wrote in and he said, he, he, in his email, he was talking about how life isn't fair, um, how, how because of the economy and because of this administration, and he went on and he listed 10 other things. In other words, James is playing the victim. He's saying because of all these things, life isn't fair and he's not getting his fair shake. And then even in the, in the email later on, he started talking about how he's diminished his productivity and working for a job because it doesn't make any sense anymore to put energy out there when nothing's changing. So he's going to wait to the hopeful, the, 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 the change of the regime in the White House. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's insanity. You know, to say, I'm going to wait until X happens, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And I'm not getting into political talk here. I could care less about political talk. You can listen to that on 9,000 other stations. That's their gig. It's not mine. But mine is to say, if you're sitting and waiting, if you're blaming the economy, if you're blaming the government, and you're going to sit and wait until the economy changes or the government changes before you put full effort out, into maximizing your potential, finding a job, making more money, that's insanity. See, that's the path of the victim. The victim says, it's not me. I'm going to wait for something else to change before I put my effort out. That's like an author saying, I'm going to wait to get a contract before I write the book. That's like someone overweight saying, I'm going to wait to lose a few pounds before I go into the health club. That's insanity. The author has to write the book without the contract to get the contract. The person who needs to lose weight needs to get into the health club now to lose weight, not wait until they've lost 25 pounds before they walk in. 
And for our, our listener, James, who emailed us, James, you got to get off the stick now and start hustling and getting help from the job centers that you were talking about that you stopped going to. Asking your professional friends for thoughts, ideas. Get your resume rewrote. Start working your towel off now to create your future. You don't remember this. In 1996, when we started teaching the people that go through our course at Life Coach Universe how to become certified life coaches, we said this. Karma is, the definition of karma is every thought, every word, every action that you put out into the universe is coming back in kind, okay? Think about this. Every thought, word, and action you put out into the universe is coming out back in kind. So if you have resentments, if, you, if you're procrastinating, waiting for the government to change, the economy to change, guess what's coming back? Procrastination and resentments. Hey, listen, speaking of Life Coach Universe, if you want to get a free five-week Life Coach teaching course about success tips, go to talkdavid.com, sign up for our weekly e-list so that you're on the e-list, and once a week you'll find out what guests are coming up every week on XM Satellite Radio, and as a gift to you for being part of our e-list, you'll receive a five-week Life Coach Universe success program, all sent to you via email. TalkDavid.com, sign up, and we'll get that to you, okay? Listen, have a great week, gang. We can't wait till next Saturday. We will rock. Be strong, be positive. I'm David Essel. Take care.